Hello and welcome to Poetry Non-Stop. I'm Patrick Widdis and this episode follows on nicely from my interview with Christina Thatcher. David Hannon is another poet from Cardiff who was inspired by Christina to explore his past experiences through poetry. He received mentoring from Christina and others and has recently published his first chapbook, Spectrum of Flight, with Animal Heart Press. Here's David reading the first poem from the book. It's called I'll Never Forget the Dead Fox on the Roadside with Its Guts Hanging Out. Because I'd never seen a fox on my council estate before. Because the first time I did, it was daylight and it was dead. Because I was seven or eight years old at the time. Because I too only came out in the dark. Because its body was slack as a half-tide overflowing bin bag dumped on a curbside. Its fur bloodied, matted with small bits of rubber and gravel. Because days later it was swarming with flies. And if you got close enough, the smell of rotting flesh, sharp and fetid, coated itself thick as plasterboard on your nostril walls. Because I imagined unrelenting screeches, machine versus feral, how someone had torn tire through muscle, easy as unzipping a tent, untangled its mass from their bumper, then carried it and discarded it on the roadside. How gruelling this must have been, yet how tossed like a pancake the creature looked. Because it was the embodiment of abandon. Because it was disemboweled, bruised purple, swollen spaghetti marinated in roadkill crimson. Because I too had been gutted by a district called home. Because one time a bully, from entrance to exit, held a penknife against my gut as I panic walked through the local shopping centre, my school shoes scuffing and screeching against the bubble-patterned rubber flooring, each bubble theorising into a gravestone. Because it was stillness after chaos. Because we walked past it every day on our way to school, our hands blinds tremble covering our eyes as we peeked through open slap fingers. Because it was facing away from us and I never saw its face, just its triangle ears that looked pricked. Because, against all reason, this still gave me some droplet of hope. Because that's how I learned to endure. Because it was pet smooth, coat, fire alive. Because it was a festering knot of blood-soaked snakes. Because it was more outside of itself than in. Because it was honest. Because when it was finally gone, our neighbourhood, a body it was surgically removed from, with not a trace of flesh or entrails left, not a speck of blood, it was as if nothing had happened, because it was always like this. That was uh, great. Yeah, I like how much you drew out of that uh, one incident. Um, what led to writing that poem? You know, and I think it was just something that, that stayed with me a long time and then, and then it was just gone one day and it was really strange. I kind of just started thinking about it and how it kind of reflected how I felt at the time and sort of how I felt growing up in that neighbourhood and growing up being a young gay man, but not really knowing that at the time, but sort of being bullied for that. So, yeah, I just kind of... I guess it was, 
as a metaphor and, and, and as you said, drew, drew a lot of stuff out, out of that, that one image. And uh, so you've just uh, brought out your first collection, uh, Spectrum of Flight. And uh, that uh, really draws a lot on your uh, background and personal experiences. Um, how did that come together? Yeah, it was something that um, I, kind of, I went through a really bad depression for eight months. And I came out of that it was about four years ago now, maybe a bit longer. And I just started writing about the experience. And I didn't know sort of what that would turn into. I started going along to open mic nights and I saw Christine Thatcher reading from her first collection, More Than You Were. And I was just really drawn to her reading and really inspired by how she was talking about such painful topics and things that, you know, there's a lot of stigma around. And it kind of gave me the confidence to approach Christina and, and she started working with me as my mentor and I started then to write about all the difficult experiences in my life. And yeah, and then it ended up turning into this book. So it's been quite a journey. It's definitely been, it feels very exposing, but you know, I think that's kind of what we need to do to, to tackle the stigma around, around these issues, you know, sort of um, depression, sexuality, homophobia, so yeah, I've kind of taken my personal experience and just explored those themes through through what I've been through, really. Yes, um, and I think a lot of people use poetry to uh, explore their personal experiences and uh, painful experiences they've had, but it's, it's a difficult thing to do well. So um, how did you approach writing about these things in a way that would engage other readers i think you know working with christina and working with my other mentor um savannah sloan you know i've, I've developed my craft and and learned how to kind of how can i put it um i guess i'm somebody who oh you know uses way too many words and kind of repeats the same idea in three different ways um so learning to be more concise with my language and more concrete with with the imagery I think that's the best way that you can communicate your ideas clearly, you know, to to a reader. So I've had to do a lot of work on sort of cutting cutting stuff down and getting stuff more concise and my language more economical. And there's that saying, isn't there, kill, kill your darlings, which is kind of like take uh, cutting lines from poems that you really love, but sometimes they don't fit in that poem or they... They don't need to be there. And I, I used to find that very hard in the beginning, but I think, you know, it's all part of the process and, and helps you develop as a writer. So, so yeah, I think that, that helps a lot. So uh, how long had you been writing poetry before you started working with Christina? Not long. I mean, that was kind of the beginning of it, really, was, um, you know, I, I had this experience of depression for nine months and I came out of it and I just um, was compelled to, to write about the experience and it wasn't really coming out in sort of it was coming out more in a in a, in a poetry way I guess but in a poetic way because um, I was using a lot of metaphors and it just came from there really and yeah I just worked with Christina learned more about the craft 
of poetry and now yeah it's four years later and, and my book is out so you know I would say to anyone just if you have that urge to write just just go with it and and see where it takes you so it can take you to quite amazing places really so did you find yourself um writing about anything that uh, perhaps you didn't expect to or that uh, you were reluctant to initially yeah i think you know the beginning was talking about the experience of my depression and then i kind of you know i guess tackling that and and talking about that sort of uh boosted my confidence then to talk about other issues that i'd or other problems i'd been through that maybe I, I'd felt silenced around, you know, depression can, can really make you feel silenced. And I was bullied a lot when I was younger for being gay. And, and that kind of came into my writing then. And I did find it very hard to write some of those poems because I use a lot of the, you know, the slurs and the name calls that, you know, that kept me silenced for a long time. But the writing has been really cathartic, you know, and, and the healing process is ongoing. So even recently, you know, I did a little book tour around the UK. And when we stuck in the big, I went around the UK with my American editor, who was also re releasing a book um, about her alcoholism. And as you, you know, the first couple of nights that we were reading, we were avoiding certain poems that, that made us feel really vulnerable. And you know, towards the end of the tour, we started to read those poems that we were afraid to read out. So it's really interesting how, you know, you can write it and it can be published and you still, the journey of healing is still ongoing and, and you can always be put into different situations which make you feel like that bullied young boy again or that person who suffered with, with mental health, you know, with depression. So I find it really interesting how the, you know, the journey of healing and growing strong in, in it is always ongoing. I think poetry has been a really positive outlet for me to um, grow, you know, and develop and heal from, from these experiences. Absolutely. Um, how did you go about bringing the collection together? Yeah, I was quite, um, I guess, in a way... I was working with um, with another mentor, uh, Savannah Sloan, and I was just happy kind of writing poems and she was helping me edit them and revise them and then getting them published. And I kind of just didn't push, didn't really think about going further than that. I just was kind of happy in that place. And she kind of said to me, you know, you've got a lot of poems published now. Maybe you should think about putting a collection together. Um, so I'm really thankful to her, to her for suggesting that and it just came from there really I kind of put all the poems together and kind of it's a chronological order really of my life of kind of you know that first poem with the fox is when I was young you know seven or eight years old and then it's kind of it goes through my school years and growing more confident in my sexuality and having relationships and then it goes into my depression and um you know other things that have kind of challenged me you know later in life and then to kind of recovery then and I found it really interesting how after coming out of my depression I I feel stronger than I have ever felt mm -hmm. so that was something in itself that that to me was quite amazing and it was something that 
compelled me to want to speak about that that you know you can go through these these really dark times where you really don't know what's going to happen or if you're going to come out of it and then actually come out of it stronger it's quite an incredible thing yeah no, that's great and how did you go about getting it published that again was very lucky it was kind of all through twitter really i think twitter is is a really great platform to connect with different writers and you know i kind of just put a tweet out there asking if anyone wouldn't mind to be a beta reader to read over my manuscript and a poet that I'd connected with um, offered to read it. She said that she knew a press that she thought would really like it. And within a matter of days, I had an email back saying that they would love to publish it. So, so it was all really through um, networking, I would say. So I really would recommend that to people, you know, social media can be a really great way of, you know, connecting with people um, and getting your work out there. You know, I, I think I, you know, I, I see a lot of poetry on there and I share a lot and take interest in, in a lot of different poets. Um, I just think it's a really great way to connect with people all around the world, you know, overseas and stuff. So, yeah, so it was through, through yeah. Twitter. And uh, the title was Spectrum of Flight. Where did that come from? It took a long time for me to get the title. I think the cover kind of, the, the cover image kind of, reflects the title really well so I had this idea you know a lot of the poems talk about me as kind of a bird trapped in a cage and then sort of as the collection goes on it's it's about being released from this cage and finding my identity and and growing stronger in it Um, and the spectrum I kind of like the fact that it refers to you know the LGBT band of colours so the image is you know a lot of birds trapped in a cage the cover image for the book you know all very dark blue and then as they come out of the cage they have this like tropical color effect on them as they start to fly into the air so i think it's all about kind of freedom and and growing strong strong in your identity really yeah yeah so um are there any poems you're particularly proud of i think the fox one that i read out first is what is definitely one of the ones I'm most proud of because I feel like kind of you hit the nail on the head when you said you know how much I got out of that that one image and I think for me that feels like a real accomplishment and I feel like it kind of sets off the book it really gives an idea of what what the book is about I think so I, I, I definitely that's definitely one of my favorite ones Having uh, got all these past experiences uh, out of your system, what are you writing about now? So I've got another collection, which is, well, in Spectrum of Flight, I do, ref- I do cover my depression, but not in massive detail. You know, the whole book really is about my coming to terms with my sexuality and growing stronger in that. Um, the depression does feature in it. So I've got another collection I'm working on, which is all about, about my depression and, and looking more closely at that. There's another collection I've got that's about my breakup. I, I went through a relationship breakdown during that time or just after. So poems around that, but at the moment, so I'm looking for homes for those two collections. At the moment, I've just been kind of writing kind of here and there really. 
I think I've been very focused on putting those collections together. So yeah, not not as much at the moment, but I think we all have those dips, don't we? And um, and then they and then it, you know writer's block stops, and then we come back to writing again. So I'm sure I'll I'll get back there. And uh, are there any other poets you're reading at the moment? Yes, at the moment I'm reading um, a collection called Grime Curbstone Psalms by Miggy Angel. Miggy is a poet who I met recently when I was touring around the UK. He lives in Nottingham and he runs a workshop for um, recovering addicts who, you know, writing poetry workshops. And we went along to their open mic night and we, we read there. And I picked up his collection while we kind of swapped collections. So I highly recommend him. And I also recommend my editor, um, Elizabeth Haran. Her recent collection, Alcoholic Betty, is a book that is just incredible in, in, in terms of really tackling all those, those things that we feel a lot of shame and stigma around. And we actually toured, toured our books together and it was quite, it was a beautiful time. It was really fun, but at the same time, it was really moving because we were both reading poems that, you know, are about really personal things that are really taboo or, or have a lot of stigma around them. So for us to be tackling that was quite a beautiful thing that we shared together, really. So I, I definitely recommend her book as well that I'm reading at the moment. So um, how about the uh, writing exercise you've got for us? So, yeah, I mean, the collection is called Spectrum of Flight. So I would ask the listener to, as a prompt, I would ask them to think about the process or action of flying and use that as a prompt to, to write a poem. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, lots of ways you can go with it. And flight is a sort of powerful image and it has so many associations. I did try writing a poem in the last couple of days. This is probably still largely in the draft stage, but um, it, it sort of got me uh, thinking about uh, something. Um, and so this is what I've got so far. It's called Penguin. I waddle, hop and tumble over my feet again, while other birds launch from clifftops soar through clouds and swoop over my dumpy body. Even the fledglings manage to flutter the first time they hurl themselves from their precarious perches. I am drawn to the sea they always warned me against. Let the waves crush my feathers, let the cold freeze my bones, as the current drags me under to a skyless world where I can roam. Very nice. I like it a lot. I like that you've taken the prompt and you've thought about not being able to fly, actually. Yeah, very vivid. Yeah, so I think you can really think about what flight means to you and yeah. how it can be a metaphor for your experiences. Because um, um, there's a lot of personal, my personal experiences woven into that poem lovely yeah uh, we, we should uh, hear some more poems from you okay great 
which one shall I read next? I think I will read this poem called Core. So this is about finding love um, after tirade of bullying in the past. This is called Core. Cocooned in blubber thick covers, the cold still unearths me. Ice capping me narrow, molds it, my body, dome shaped, my breath, a want, a visible steaming. Yes, I am train smoke. My lover lying next to me, needs, lamb's ear velvety, trails the veins of my unfelt hands, as if discovering a prepossessing pathway. My figure ignites tingling, indelible as ink. My lover swaths his arms around me, bandage tight. I thaw, I fledge. He revives lost continents, excavates growth. I regard him with warm-blooded wonder, with wing-stretched awe. My tectonic plates shifting. That's uh, very sensual, and you've got a bit of uh, flight and birds in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Kind of one of the poems, you know, there's a lot of pain in this book, and I think that poem is, you know, there are moments of relief, you know, and we, we, we have to hang on to them sometimes. And I think in this book, you know, sort of poems like that are kind of, they're far, far Far, few and far between but they really deserve to be read I think for that reason because you know as much as it was really horrendous what I went through there was still light in my life in, in many ways and I think it can be hard to see it but it is there and I think if we really have to try and hold on to that I think and that's kind of why I included that in the book I think yeah, and often uh, looking back, you can uh, see those positives a lot more clearly. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, uh, what are you up to now? Well, just isolating, being at home, just trying to do a lot of reading and use this, you know, obviously it's scary times, and just trying to use this time to keep a good routine. Um, I've been finding that meditating has helped a lot with um, anxiety. So trying to keep up a good practice mm. with meditating, um, and just reading it and trying to find inspiration even in this setting. So, actually, one of the last poems I wrote was um, called "Your Love, a Skylight." So I've recently moved into the attic bedroom in my uh, house share. And I've never actually had an attic room before. So I kind of was just looking out, out to the skylight and, you know, I, I just came up with the idea of, I used that as the prompt, I guess, and just whatever came past in the window, I kind of acknowledged and, and then tried to make a poem from that, really. So, yeah, in any setting that we're in, I think we can still find inspiration uh, great. Uh, that that's um, uh, wonderful uh, exercise of this uh, situation. Um, and any time, maybe my, my second prompt there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we could even uh, combine the two. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm uh, sure this will be uh, uh, very uh, inspirational.
And um, do you have any final words of advice for anyone who's writing poems, perhaps trying to, like you, address uh, painful past experiences? Yeah, I think, you know, it's such a um, double-edged sword because in a way that poetry can be so cathartic and writing about it in, in this way can really help you a lot pers- to grow personally and to heal but at the same time it can be so scary because it's really exposing you know to actually put a collection together and put it out and I think that's why I didn't push myself to do that because you know I was scared really I, I, ha- I didn't make like a poet page or things I've done recently which I kind of put off and I guess my advice would be actually this this world you know this this world of poetry is really supportive and a lot of, of poets um are writing about things that there's so much stigma around and stuff that we and you know and how that stigma then makes makes us even worse you know keeps us locked in in these painful places so it can be so freeing and i think actually the reception is never i mean don't be wrong you could have a, a bad experience but i was surprised really how supportive everyone has been and, and that really boosts your confidence you know because of my experiences it just is the fact that, you know we all have our a con- unconscious bias and prejudices and because I was bullied by you know quite masculine males I guess my fear was reading at you know poems about being gay in front of men who I perceived as, as being straight I guess and actually at some of these readings that we did recently on the tour I had you know straight man coming up to me and, and saying how brave I was and wanting to buy my book and talk to me and and it really kind of moved me a lot and I was um quite shocked to realize how you know your experience your childhood experiences really do stay with you and they really do color your vision you know even though I'd worked through it a lot and stuff it was still there a little bit and actually you know I actually had a reception that was really supportive and yeah so I would say to to anyone writing out there just keep keep going with it and I know that you know there is a massive supportive community out there and and you you know you're very brave for writing about these things and you don't always you know some stuff doesn't have to be published you know it's all up to you really what you do with it but um but it's definitely a really supportive community and I think that is you know that's such a special thing really sound advice there from david handon on poetry non-stop check out spectrum of flight published by animal heart press you can find a link on the blog at poetrynonstop.com along with details of david's writing exercise which i hope gives your imagination wings You can also find other episodes, including a recent interview with David's mentor, Christina Thatcher. Please listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy it, let others know. This is Patrick Widdis, self-isolating in Norwich, urging you to stay safe and keep well. I'll leave you with a final poem from David. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep writing. So this poem is about after I came out of my depression, my boyfriend at the time actually went into his own depression. And again, that was something that really, really shocked me because when I was in my depression, I 
saw him as the most resilient, strongest person ever. And not that he's not those things, which he, you know, of course he is those things, but I just did not see that come in at all. And it's kind of about how I tried to help him, but our relationship didn't last. But afterwards, in, in the long run, you know, after many months, we reconnected and become, you know, we're still really good friends. And we talked about how the things that we said to each other, although they didn't help at the time, they really did help over time. This is called Phoenix. Eventually, I captured the light of recovery in my hands and tightly cuffed, I transported to him, ready to spill its shine down his throat. I wanted to do the same for him as it has done for me. But when I arrive, he is lip stitched and I realize I can't force him to open his mouth and let us in. I look down at my hands, feel ashes fall through my fingers from which one day he will rise. <laughs>